Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He was, he was the coolest porn guy around and now he, he Susan Sarandoned himself. Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week, we have the handsome John Hallback on the podcast, whose show Eastsiders, you've probably seen on Netflix, created by John and his gorgeous husband, Kit. And it's not only a very queer show, but they also cast a porn star who ended up being a bit problematique, which, of course, I ask about. Uh, If you're in New York City, I will be there this week on Friday to do that's a gay ass live show and yes I cannot wait it's finally here we've been preparing for it for just far too long you know it's it's almost like a wedding it's like okay uh, it's I know it's going to be gorgeous and I cannot wait for it to actually be here so we can just giggle and gaggle at the show and after the show uh I haven't asked this for a while but if you are a new listener of the podcast which I know we've had some new people join and it makes my gay heart sing if you could leave a five-star review, that would be a dream. Just a cute favor. Uh, it is a huge way for people to find the podcast, and we're about to hit 300 reviews. So if you want to drop a review wherever you listen, that would mean the world and say why you like this gay-ass podcast, or just click the five stars if that feels gorge to you. Of course, if you want more bonus content, more gay assery, the Patreon is thriving. Patreon.com slash gay ass podcast, $5 a month. And you might be so lucky and see the full gay ass live show video soon after it is in New York on Friday. That's right. We'll have just for the Patreon subscribers the full video from That's a Gay Ass Live Show with Bo and Yang, Jessica Vosk, Happy 20 Years Wicked, Chris Murphy, Stradia Lab, and more. Let's get into this episode with John Hallback. We get into the gorgeous homes in the desert that Kit and John have purchased and gave the fook up. We get into him serving Nathan Lane at his restaurant job. And yes, the eye fuck that led to John meeting his husband while John was bartending at said restaurant. And finally, he reveals the character actress we must protect at all costs. It's a not to be missed ep. You are a not-to-be-slept-on gorgeous slave fucking cunt queen, and I love you so much. My husband and I have talked about having you on for a long time, and I'm thrilled to finally be looking at your handsome face. OMG, I'm so happy to be making your gay husband dreams come true. Gay husband dreams are coming true, and you are actually a person who is living my current dream. You are working at an amazing queer organization. You own stunning homes in the desert, and in honor of that, I'm wearing my Joshua Tree shirt right now because I, I one day hope to A, own property, and B, own property that has been gayed up and it's being enjoyed by stunning shirtless men in the pool. It is a bit of a dream come true. I can vouch, definitely recommend. And yeah, with our home that we got out there, we like to say that the previous owner made it nice and we came in and we made it gay. Hell fucking yeah. Are you currently calling from the desert or LA? I'm actually back in Silver Lake. Brag. Wait, we're like, so I live just south of Silver Lake. So we're, we're kind of namesies right now. 
Are you excited about the new high tops opening up on the east side? Yes, absolutely. I actually was lucky enough to get to go to friends and family night last night. Give us the dirt. How was? Ace is uh, managing there. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's uh, reminiscent of the WeHo location, but a little bigger, a little brighter, a little more beautiful. It's got a great outdoor patio. Mm. Uh, The music was awesome. The food was so good. It was a a lovely little pre-opening and super excited for them to officially open tonight, I believe. Oh my God, plug. We love. Well, we love a gay bar. And I think I want to get into the backstory of you... uh, Coming from the Midwest, you're from Minnesota, right? Yeah, Apple Valley, Burnsville. Yeah. Do you have a Minnesota accent at all? Do you say can you can you say um the word that's spelled S O R R Y? I say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for a sorry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you still find yourself saying "Let me scoot past ya"? <laughs> Every once in a while, a little Minnesota will come out, and then my husband is actually from Mississippi, so I'm often accused of having a Southern accent as well. So I have you, quite you know what you're going to get with me. You've taken Kit's Southern accent. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you ever passive aggressive and say, bless your heart? <laughs> Occasionally, or I can call him by his full name, which is Robert Chapman Williamson the Sixth. What Robert? You Chapman? get over here, Robert Chapman Williamson the sixth. The way you just said that said that sounded more like a sexual come on. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> you come over here, Robert. What's his name? Robert William. Rob- Robert Chapman Williamson the sixth. It's making me soaking wet, and I don't know why. There's something so <laughs> like old money, old family money to that name that uh is speaking to my uh, inability to own a home at this moment. But speaking of, let's get into your history. Uh, you've come from the Midwest. You've gotten to uh, living a stunning life in LA. But like this whole journey of, I know I read the amazing articles about you all during the pandemic buying these homes. Would you say that after now that the renovation's complete, you've been through the devastating fights about what tile to use? Was it worth it? Yes, absolutely. It's been uh, a journey and there's certainly been uh, drama along the way, but I'm so, so proud of both the homes that we've put together. And um, it's been so cool to get to share them now as vacation rentals through Airbnb. And also, it's just been an amazing reason to have people and our friends and family come and visit us here in California. It was always so hard. We were just saying the other day, you know, living in Los Angeles, we in this apartment, we don't really have a place for uh, our parents to stay over, for example. Mm. But now that we're out in the desert with these houses, a lot of the times we've got a perfect place for our families to come and visit. And we're seeing more of our friends and family from around the country than we ever have. Cause... Oh, that's so nice. Do you ever wish when you were doing these renovations that you had shot it for an HGTV reality show? Or would you rather keep your marriage fights off camera? <laughs> yeah, we certainly did have that thought. And also along the way, we kept thinking we should really be forcing ourselves to start a TikTok right now. We should uh, really be doing this on TikTok. But turns out actually doing the home renovation is a lot of work in and of itself. That was plenty of work. So we didn't. And TikTok is not zero work, as you very well know. That shit, the editing alone, I don't know how these girlies, like, have you seen the influencers that have newborn children and they're like filming themselves getting up in the middle of the night to feed them i'm like just setting up the tripod alone at three in the morning who has the energy it's true i have one friend who's so good on tiktok and i was excited because i was going to see him and i was like oh i can finally ask john uh, how to edit tiktoks he's so good at it then we got together and i was like how are you editing your tiktoks and he was like avid I'm like of course you are you're doing it in professional editing editing equipment how dare you oh that's the trick you have to be a fucking professional editor <laughs> gay people are too talented and that pisses me off because it's like yeah no i just um but it's also that that can apply to so many gay people i think like when i look at the pictures of your homes it's like i'm not just buttering your biscuit matt and i have this dream of doing exactly what you're doing is like having this home in the desert and of course being able to rent it out but also like the pictures that are posted on i believe it's I forget which one it is, but like the Instagram, it's just like hot guys in the pool. <laughs> Can I ask a controversial question? Have you ever had, I'll just ask, have you ever had a um a party that felt sexually tense at any of these homes? <laughs> uh, you know, there's always the, when the cowboys and 
The desert, sure, sure. Well, you literally added a hot tub. You have a cowboy tub. You have a clawfoot tub outdoor. I mean, it's just... It, I think at the end of the day, whoever enjoys this home is going to want to at least have some sort of outdoor celebration, whether that's a celebration of food, the body, or otherwise. It's true. There's plenty of outdoor experiences to be had, for sure. Stunning, stunning. Well, then... John, I do need to get us into the famous podcast question. And I'm going to ask you, whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? There could certainly be a lot of people to take responsibility for this. But I think uh, one of the main people I will attribute it to is Pee Wee Herman. And specifically, uh, his Christmas special. Oh, let's unpack. I don't know. If you're familiar, have you seen Pee-wee's Christmas special? So I've seen Pee-wee. I don't know if I've seen the Christmas special. Give me the pitch. Pee-wee's Christmas special came on, I believe, in 1987. So I was seven years old. And it is the gayest fever dream that you (laughs) cannot believe ever made it onto network television. So it's Pee-wee in his playhouse getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And the people who stop by include Grace Jones, Joan Rivers, Katie (gasps) Lang, Oprah Winfrey, Dinah Shore, Charo. There's a singing choir of Marines. Pee-wee is also adding an extra wing to the playhouse being built by oiled up muscle men out of loaves of fruitcake. The gay uh imagery pageantry camp splendor it does not stop and i really resonated with me in my childhood and john 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 i'm giving you snaps for even the preparation that it took for you to give me that pitch that was beautifully said the list of people alone the the oiled up men Christmas is already a faggy holiday. I think we can all confidently say that. But I am looking at this Wikipedia article of this Christmas special, and it would make any... I'm surprised there wasn't an epidemic of homosexuality like in the newspapers when this this came out. You, you were how old? Yes. Like seven years old? And I loved it. I just It's just burned into my memory. Grace Jones gets delivered to the playhouse in a box that's supposed to go to the White House, but it's been mistakenly delivered to the playhouse. Naturally. But as long as she's there, she's got to sing Little Drummer Boy. So she does. And so she does. Did this make you feel more culturally gay or were you more looking at the muscle men in in the episode all of the above it's a very specific uh sense of camp too that i think is like just timeless like i I watch it every year and i just can't believe how great it was 40 years ago and i can't believe how great it still is and it just is very funny to me that i loved it as a child and i love it as a full-grown gay man well it's like when you know you know and i think it's so beautiful to think of you in minnesota as a child um i'm I'm picturing a very wholesome living room your head is on your hands you're laying on your stomach and then you're watching grace jones (laughs) pop out of a box um can you paint a picture of uh, who introduced you to this was it just on tv or did you have like a fairy gay godmother who showed you this gay content uh, it was just on TV. I think Pee-wee's Playhouse came on Saturday mornings, uh, but I had a very supportive, wonderful family who definitely encouraged my love for Pee-wee. Um, I had the Pee-wee doll where he pulled the string on his back and he yes. talked. Yes. I had a Pee-wee t-shirt that my mom took me to a mall that was very far away. I remember it being like a road trip to go find this Pee-wee t-shirt, but we got it. So allies, true allies in the Hallbuck fam. Mm-hmm. Plus Pee-wee's Big Adventure, obviously. Was of course I, i'm really i'm like looking within because i always saw peewee i always enjoyed the things i saw but i think i was too afraid to dive into the peewee universe because it was almost too close to home for me like i didn't feel and this is not to say that my family was like creating this sense of danger around me when it came to g- gay things because i literally like watch the movie camp over and over have you seen the movie camp it's like here's where i stand it's like that's literally about a gay kid being like gay bashed and whatever but for some i think peewee it almost was like i felt like it was too close to my gayness and i was maybe worried about outing myself but i'm so glad that you were able to have this journey of fully taking a road trip to the get that peewee merch 
still a part of my life. I don't know if you know this, but the dinosaurs from Pee Wee's Big Adventure are on the way. I do know this. And I, I saw on your Instagram that you like paid homage when he passed away and like had that gorgeous photo. And again, the tie into the desert. We love. It's true. Every time we drive to the desert, we always look out for what's going on at the Capazon dinosaurs and give a little Pee Wee salute. A Pee Wee salute. Does <laughs> that mean that, would you say Pee Wee accelerated your journey into coming out or did you wait to get outside of minnesota yeah i actually did not come out until my senior year of college so really not a conscious understanding i certainly (laughs) (laughs) uh it's only looking back that i can uh be this self-reflective so well i think it's really a horrific question that any gay person is asked which is like you know when you come out and the worst thing you can hear is like, well, of course, we all knew. I hate that. I hate when people say that. I think we all hate it. But I'm going to ask you because it feels like a safe space. Do you think you were the type of person, because I was this way, were you the type of person that was so centered in what you liked and did not even have the awareness of your gayness that the world around you probably saw you as a gay person like really far before you did or was it something that you were kind of uh straight passing and then it was partly so hidden because no one ever treated you as a gay person does that make sense yeah and no i think definitely the majority of the world saw me as a gay person certainly the kids who made my life hell in middle school saw me as a gay person which you know only caused me to dig my heels in further saying no i'm not a gay person how dare you can we give a let's give a moment a collective fuck you to the middle school bullies i do think that because i had them as well and i think that eighth grade bullies are dare i say on par with evil politicians i think almost like like what what gives an eighth grade boy the desire to call a scared closeted classmate a fact like what like what i know it's their own inner hate but john you only deserved celebration you only deserved the lead roles in the play if that was your vibe you only deserved compliments and yet you were fucking anyways you dug your heels in and then was that so that's kind of you did did you not have any boy boy experiences in minnesota no i did not no i did thankfully start getting the lead roles in the plays which went a long way for my happiness thank god thank god (laughs) um well when that news is dropped i have to ask can you give us one of your favorite starring roles in high school oh in high school uh one couple of my favorites i was caiaphas in jesus christ superstar i loved being neville in the secret garden jesus i was god in children of eden and don't get it twisted (laughs) wait i'm okay so we had sam light on the podcast recently and he also did these crazy shows the fact that you did jesus christ superstar in high school did they have to change anything no we had like a wildly ambitious and amazing high school theater program in apple valley minnesota with uh two amazing directors who i'm still friends with today shelly and mary sue and they did wild shows that we probably shouldn't have been doing children but we did them and we were great we uh, love Shelly and Mary Sue. I'm picturing, <laughs> are they power lesbians or are they? They're not actually. They're just best friends. We've been collaborators for a long, long time. Uh, one of the wildest things we did was an evening of Medea where we did the traditional Greek Medea. And then we took an intermission. And then afterwards we did the Charles Ludlam Theater of the Ridiculous uh, off-Broadway comedy version of Medea. <laughs> Who are these girlies in Minnesota giving off-Broadway like downtown theater references? <laughs> okay the more i hear about your upbringing the more it sounds besides the awful bullies it sounds kind of (laughs) iconic was was the um coming out your senior year of college was that born from you giving yourself the permission to maybe explore with guys or had you explored and then that was like okay the jig is up yeah no i'd only really thought about it truly until my senior year of college and then only just got to the point i went to art school and it was a surprisingly straight art school north carolina school of the arts but there were a handful of gays and really that was my first time like getting to have friendships with gay people and eventually i was like you know i really like these gay people (laughs) i think that's ultimately what gave me the permission and made me feel comfortable enough to identify myself with these other gay people 
And, you know, I was scared to tell people, but in retrospect, or even at the time, I knew it was silly. I've always been very loved and supported by my friends and family. So, but that's still, it doesn't, it doesn't take away the fear. I, I think it's so, it's so difficult to reckon with the fact that you can know you have love, but then feel the deep feelings of fight or flight. And that I've talked about this before on the podcast, but as an adult, I still sometimes feel those same feelings of fight or flight when I'm doing something new or something that feels really vulnerable. And I think it's born from, sure, my family always loved me. And sure, they said things that they were maybe, you know, thinking was the right thing that wasn't necessarily the best thing to tell a young gay person. But you cannot help but feel the deep feeling of danger. And do you find that I'm just really inspired by your work at Queerty, by your work with uplifting so many queer voices do you feel like any of that has still stayed with you that feeling of fear when it comes to doing something new or vulnerable or has it kind of been uh do you find that you have been able to move past that i i mean in a lot of ways i've really moved past it in ways that i find very very surprising like i i think the fact that i am as professionally gay as i am is quite the plot twist (laughs) it is a twist i i aspire to be able to work at this level with these types of people so i think it to see someone go from coming out as what a 22 year old kind of coming to terms with their queerness and then to literally working at like the gayest night in hollywood like the like the fact that bianca del rio hosted the queerties last year the fact that you have i love this series the best rv life where these like queer couples are hitting the road um did you have anything to do with the aura quick commercial with peppermint oh yeah i am a producer on that one and it's a collaboration with uh, an amazingly talented guy nick laughlin who writes and directs it and we love nick i've seen a lot of his shows in new york and um julian brzezinski who was in aura quick i know that they're friends and julian has done this show and our live show so yeah it's it's did queerty um was it something that you were presented with as an opportunity or did you kind of really seek out working with them i sort of sought it out so my husband and I made a show together called Eastsiders, and years ago, we were nominated for Best Digital Series at the Queerties, and we went to the event and won, and uh, that was the night that I met the CEO of Q Digital, Scott Gatz, and we had a nice talk, and we fronted each other on Facebook, and then the week after that, he posted that he was looking for someone for a marketing position. They wanted someone in San Francisco, but said it could potentially be remote. So I reached out to him about that and um, ended up getting it. And uh, it's just been going gangbusters ever since. The company has grown so much and we've gotten to do such cool things. And I love my cool, queer, creative, gay job. Yeah, you. I mean, it's born out of an incredible show. I mean, the Eastsiders is what Matt and I, how we were introduced to you and Kit. And that's sort of when this dream of having you on the podcast came, we started watching it during the pandemic. And I kind of love how that show, which really seems like it was like a huge labor of love between you and Kit to like bring these other opportunities these years later, like that I think is a great sign of putting yourself into your work and then letting the work speak for itself and see where it takes you. And now it's taken you to this like, amazing gay ass job yeah it totally changed both of our lives you know when we started making the show i had been an actor and was working in bars and restaurants and didn't quite know how i was ever gonna be able to not work in bars and restaurants because i did it for a long time (laughs) i was like i've I've put in my bar and restaurant time i would like to get out of this somehow and then um we made the show east siders and i did the social media and the pr for it and that was how I was able to get my first job at an ad agency. So I'm just like so grateful that I was able to make the show, have this experience, get a work sample, and then parlay that into a whole new, very cool creative queer. So career. that was queer. So <laughs> so that was how you got out of the restaurants because I I saw your tweet that it says, is it just because I have PTSD from working in restaurants for 20 years that I am miserable trying to watch the bear? (laughs) That show really did stress me out. Obviously, it's very good, but watching the bear. Girl, girl, I get it. I did not work in restaurants for 20 years, but I worked long enough to like, if I hear like corner Um, (laughs) and my and Matt worked at restaurants for a very long time. And it 
I, I know there are people who it's in their blood, it's in their soul to be able to have the strength. I mean, you, the fact that you did it for that long, that shows your fortitude of your soul, the fortitude of your emotional health. I could not, I worked at two different restaurants in New York. I couldn't do anything else except get out of bed, go to work where my manager made fun of me for being a pussy, which I mean, like I'm a, a very proud pussy. Like I, you know, the the round tables were very heavy, but like you were able to get out of, Did here's a question. Did you enjoy any part of working in those restaurants? Yes, absolutely. Actually, I was very lucky, specifically when I was in New York. I worked at a great place that sadly doesn't exist anymore called Angus Mackendoo, which mm. was in the theater district on 44th Street between Broadway and 8th, right across from Phantom of the Opera next to the producers at the time. And uh, I was run by a real fun guy named Angus, who was such a character. And I was invested in by Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick and Frank McCourt and Mel Brooks. And so it was a really cool place where... A lot of my best friends throughout my life worked with me. My sister worked in the coat check. My best friend slash high school girlfriend worked there with me. It was very much like being in a being a restaurant worker in a sitcom in New yeah. York City. And especially with like gay Broadway clientele. Yeah. And they were so great letting us come and go in between shows. So it was just it was perfect. I love that. Did was Nathan Lane a, a nice uh diner? He was all right. He he, he had a, a bit of a sadness to him. <laughs> but, well, I was going to go. Was it? It's it was less ornery and more sadness. Yeah, just a little down, just a little uh, guarded, perhaps. But uh... I see. You know, I <laughs> I find that it's probably with a lot of those comedic types i i i take myself to the thought of robin williams maybe who was i know a beautiful soul but i think like a lot of the bigger personalities probably at a restaurant might might have that guardedness to be like i'm not gonna perform maybe that's where that comes from yeah i'm sure he was like saving it for the show next door kid kid and all of our 15 tony awards mm -hmm. um well i want to ask another couple quick questions about eastsiders because it was such a big part of your life um one of the questions is and it kind of can connect connect to the current state of affairs was getting a work as queer as eastsiders how difficult was it to get that produced was it something that you produced yourselves entirely and then it went to netflix and then how do you find the idea of selling queer work now as compared to when you first made eastsiders yeah so we made eastsiders totally independently through all four seasons we started on youtube and then eventually uh made the move to vimeo and amazon a couple other places before finally landing on netflix but even when we were on netflix we still had to come up with the money ourselves to uh produce it so we did crowdfunding kickstarter campaigns every wow. single time that's uh, inspiring but i mean for the for the girlies like me who might not know was netflix like yeah we'll put it on our platform but we're not gonna you're how does that work how do they how does that work that where they like no you pay for it <laughs> yeah so uh inside baseball-y i guess but we were not a netflix original we were an acquisition gotcha so still on us to make the thing and then they would pay us after we delivered the thing but we had to have the money ourselves to make it so i see i see we had an amazing community of kickstarter backers who supported us and it really really grew over the years um and just like so so grateful to all those people forever for coming out and helping make that thing exist because it yeah. would not be without them i mean that's incredible and and i and i want to be careful asking this because the show has a legacy of being an amazing show for this reason but i do also want to ask about someone that was cast on the show that has a controversy behind him in front of him and sometimes on his face it's colby keller uh yes you had the porn star colby keller on the show and i know that kit wrote a piece about what it was like casting a trump supporter because listen did i jerk my gurk to colby keller a lot of times, absolutely. When I found out he was a Trump supporter, did that make me feel a certain way? Absolutely. But now it's been years since I have no idea what he's up to now. Truly, I have not kept up with him. But how do you feel looking back now at having had Colby on the show? You know, I think we handled that uh, difficult situation as best as we possibly could. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the third season of our show was a road trip season that we literally shot driving on location from New York all the way to California. 
Colby was a guest star on a few episodes and we were going to film with him in Boise. And literally the day before we got to Boise is when he came out with his public support of Donald Trump, which uh horrified us obviously we were driving down the freeway with our three-car caravan and our vintage camper trailer and we see this come up on the phone and we're like oh my god what a nightmare what do we do uh so you had to look find another porn star in boise (laughs) yeah that was like our choice we could conceivably fire him and try to get another actor to boise in 12 hours or we could just hope that Donald Trump was not going to get elected and hope that this would sort of blow over and, you know, march forward and make the show. I mean, thankfully, he was good on the show. It is too bad that, yeah, now there's that unfortunate baggage with him. Do we know? Uh, Is he still doing porn? Do we know what he's up to? I don't know, actually. It seems like he's definitely taken a step back. We were super excited to work with him at the time because he was everywhere and doing fashion shows and Marc Jacobs campaigns and he was he was the coolest porn guy around, and now he he Susan Sarandoned himself. There's just always a little bit of a wah wah. <laughs> I know. I do. It's funny. I feel like Susan Sarandon has. I mean, I don't. I don't remember the last thing she did acting wise, but I feel like I have more of an emotional devastation by Colby Keller than I do Susan Sarandon. <laughs> which I don't need. I don't want to unpack that, and I won't because <laughs> it's my <laughs> fucking podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Um but wow, congrats on the Eastsider success. I know it was uh, a few years back, but do you uh looking into the future, do you have a dream of another I know you've had obviously a lot of other projects since then. What does it feel like to you pitching or creating queer stuff in the current climate in Hollywood? Yeah, so you know, I'm very full-time at Q Digital. Uh, I'm not really in the pitching world. That's Kit's thing. Um I can say anecdotally that it's, I think, pretty tough out there for queer yeah. creators right now. And it's also been a tough couple of years for queer projects coming out. We've seen a lot of shows get canceled, a lot of shows get ripped apart by the community. We've seen a lot of shows get bought and then not made. Um, so it's definitely hard and it's sad. And, you know, I really feel for the great stuff that comes out and doesn't get yeah. a chance or gets a cult following that doesn't quite catch on or you know like i loved league of their own so much and they mm. got their mini second season announced and then it got taken away because of the strike they blamed it on the strike dubious claims but right. um, i can say that i think it's real rough out there for queer creators trying to get stuff on the air so i 
I always try to be as supportive as I possibly can, because truly it's a miracle that anything ever gets made. <laughs> it's a miracle that anyone ever gets to see anything. And yeah. we should uh, I hope, I think, as best we can view things with that spirit of generosity and love and support. I agree. And I think you make an interesting point about how not only are projects like canceled or not given enough of a chance with the following but also i think when queer people within ourselves sort of tear it apart i think that there is something really interesting psychologically that's happening and i want to instead of focusing on like the negative of that because i do think that it can be really difficult i think the positive side of it is that i feel like we as a community and the industry is in a growing pain period we're figuring out what it looks like to have authentic stories that can yes appeal to more of a mainstream community but i think as queer people we are figuring out how to let stories be the stories that represent them and not speak to us individually and that's what i hope for as we look forward because the most exciting part about it is just seeing queer people represented period and one of the reasons why I love the work that you've done with Queerty, especially as Best RV Life, is I have an idea for like this podcast kind of branching out to being some sort of travel show and going around to different small, smaller queer communities around the country. And even with that, of course, I haven't pitched it or done anything like that. But I think that if we see shows that are about queer people, just like we are here on HBO or, of course, the history of A League of Their Own, I think our community can do better and are doing better at not applying our specific experience. And if it doesn't align with us, then we can fucking tear it apart. So that's what I hope for is just like more of the excitement and championing of these stories versus letting us be the people that is the reason they don't go. Yeah, it's definitely a recurring complaint, I think, that, you know, if a project doesn't represent someone's specific life experience, then it's trash, mama. <laughs> 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 it's too bad, uh, you know, that we don't say uh, that that straight project shouldn't exist. They should make my representative project instead of that straight project. Instead, yeah. they tear down other queer projects saying those queer projects shouldn't exist. Yeah, that's it's. It really feels like a psychological response about the scarcity mindset, I think, about of what we were told growing up and then kind of like almost continuing that cycle within each other. But we don't even realize we're doing it, you know, like hurt people hurt people. It's almost like that sort of vibe, I think. Yes, very that. And, you know. I think it's also important to remember how much great stuff has come out and has gotten to exist. And Absolutely. How much changed in my lifetime because i'm old enough that will and grace was a really big deal when will and grace happened and we've been around long enough to see a great revival of will and grace like yeah the world is a very different place and that's true and i think we should take a moment to create positive space for the things that are currently being made and going to be made and we're gonna move into a gay ass fucking future a moment of gay silence um can you make a sibling a sound please Okay, that was our sibilant S silence. Um, <laughs> now, I do, speaking of the sibilant S and the gay assery, I have to ask you the next gay ass podcast question. John Halbach, if the world was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you save? This is obviously a very difficult question, and the stakes mm -hmm. are very high, and I don't want to mess it up, but... Yeah, talk about judgy queens. <laughs> Thinking about it long and hard, my answer on this day is Miss Jean Smart. Oh, stun of an answer, John. Jean Smart, tell me your history. Have you always been a Jean Smart stan, or was it more of a hacks renaissance? Uh, definitely loved the designing women. That's part of the reason why she's my answer. I think we need to protect all of our living designing women at all times. <laughs> uh, the Golden Girls are obviously gone, RIPs. Yes. Some designing women still around, Jean Smart and one of them, and I think she should be celebrated slash protected. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I've been aware of her throughout the years since Designing Women, specifically remember loving her in Sweet Home Alabama. Mm. For that, she's uh, Josh Lucas's mom and she owns a bar. <laughs> Wait, she's, I'm also looking at her 
filmography because of course we know that like a lot of the classics she also was in the brady bunch movie in 95 i would say oh, that's a, yeah that's a big thing that turned me gay just like there was a lot to unpack with that show i think a lot of the like <laughs> not to i am not equating gayness to incest but the fact that there was a forbidden love between siblings of divorced parents i think that forbiddenness felt <laughs> akin to my forbiddenness of a burgeoning gay person uh, but gene smart was in the, the brady bunch movie who knew sweet home alabama is 2002 garden state 2004 she had this run where she would guest star on things like i think she won an emmy for fraser she did a couple episodes of the rest of development she was like this the best guest star you could get for a long long time and then Listen. of course Last year, or the last couple of years, we had the Jean Smartassance. Yes. All of a sudden, she was in everything and so different in everything like wigs, accents, faces, costumes. Like she is uh, Jean Chameleon, uh, Jean, Jean Smart. Jean, Jean Smart. I also need you to know that Jean Smart was one of the character actresses that one of our panelists competed on behalf, and that's a gay ass live show. If I was really good at my job right now, I could tell you which one of our guests, because um, in the live show, we have a competition for who knows their character actress of choice the best. And um, we had someone choose Jean Smart, and it is just a stunning choice. And your answer is absolutely Gorgine. Um, it's interesting that she is 72 years old, and we're finally getting the, what'd you call it? The, the Jean Smartassance. We're finally getting the Jean Smartassance, and it's another example of you're never too young to have a religious following. <laughs> maybe it took her to seventy, but I can wait. I can wait. Um, wow, long what a con! A long con that Jean Smart. Um, well, listen, a beautifully done answer, but I do uh, need to also ask you. A full circle moment going back to this Palm Spring home Joshua Tree moment. Um, it's actually your other house is in Yucca Valley. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, technically both houses are in Yucca Valley, which is well, the uncanceled. The I'm town sorry. right before Joshua Tree. Uh, nobody knows that though, so we always just say Joshua Tree, but technically it's in Yucca Valley on the way to Joshua Tree. Okay, okay, okay. So if you were to give anybody let's say any gay person advice for what you wish you could have done differently or what you need to look out for when you purchase your gay ass home to make it a gay ass dream. What's your advice? The lessons we've learned are many. I think the main lessons are don't assume that anyone you hire actually knows what they're doing. Mm. You need to Google it yourself and audit all their work because uh, some people are liars, some people are fakes and phonies and frauds. Um, there were definitely several projects that were like going off the rails that uh, we had to Google and come in and save. And I think another thing that we've learned that really helped on our second go around was having multiple crews work at the same time on different mm. projects. Uh, because if you just have one crew, they might disappear for six weeks. They might quit. They might you have to get fired. <laughs> like It's good to have uh, different teams working just in case one of them goes down or goes out or needs a break. What about if you're in a relationship like you and Kit? What is the, like, in the moments where you're really stressed or, like, how do you get out of... Because uh, how long have you and Kit been together? 16 years. Holy shit. Mazel tov on 16. So then was it, like, what were you, like, thank God we had these years of experience to get us through the tough times? Or how, what's the advice about when you're at a rock bottom of a renovation, how your relationship doesn't also hit rock bottom? <laughs> well, Kit and I have worked together a lot on very stressful things, and I think we're uh, good at knowing that it's going to be worth it. And uh, one of the best parts of our relationship, I think, and one of the things I'm most proud of is the things that we've created together from the show to the travel content we've done together to the other branded stuff um, and now making these houses. So like even when things are stressful and we might fight about things, I, I know at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it and we're going to have something really cool to show for it. And it's nice to have uh, kind of 
tangible proof of your creative life with your partner, I guess. Yeah, the fruits of your gay-ass labor. Mm -hmm. I A question that's popping into my head that I'm asking from a place of love and um, seeing each other, because in my relationship, I am the neurotic overthinker, over-communicator, and Matt is much more grounded and we'll say is not as much of a verbal communicator. Is that the same dynamic with you and Kit? Is one of you more of the emotional heart on sleeve and the other person's more of within, or are you both one or the other? Uh, yes, I think absolutely. Uh, Kit is the emotional heart on his sleeve, thinking about everything, uh, Googling everything, worrying about everything, panicking about everything. And I uh, do my best to try to calm the waters. Uh, we we need our Johns in the world. We need our Johns. We need our Mats. Um, it, since you have been together for 16 years, I have to ask how you two met. Was it out in the wild? Yeah, it was back. We were both living in New York City at the time. I um, was working at Angus McIndoo, which I mentioned earlier in the mm-hmm. theater. And he was in a Broadway show with a friend of mine. And they came in for a party after their show one night when I was bartending. And Kit and I made eye contact across the crowded room. And uh, my friend who was in the show came up to both of us individually, Christy Puzz. And she said, you know, Kit's single and not crazy and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, John's single and not crazy and walked away. Theater people are batshit insane in a lot of times the best possible way. And this this person sounds like a a, a true ally icon. Um, We have to know what show was Kit doing? He was doing Talk Radio by Eric Bogosian with Liev Schreiber. Wow. Name drop. Rag. Mm-hmm. So then you made the eyes at the at the restaurant. Um, did the kiss happen that night? It didn't happen that night. And I asked him out on a date. And he ended up being sick the night of that date. So I thought he was totally bailing on me. But he was not bailing on me. He truly was sick. It turned out he actually threw up in a garbage can on stage at Talk Radio. <laughs> oh my god uh turned out he was telling the truth and then he asked me out on another date right after that so we ended up going to see spring awakening on broadway the original cast that was our first date in previews and, and a horny horny fucking show yeah then he walked me to the 49th street subway station you can see the sign back here <sighs> and we had our first kiss under the 49th street subway station sign so that's why we had to get the sign when we saw it at a thrift store in Brooklyn once. I just got chilly willies. That like brought <laughs> tears to my eyes. That is so fucking... I saw the sign behind you and I thought it was really cool to have a piece of New York in your Silver Lake abode. But your first kiss was under the 49th Street and you have the fucking sign. Uh, was it a makeout or just a peck? It was a little bit of a makeout. Mm, hot. <laughs> and the rest is history 16 years later. Rest is history. Been together ever since. God, that's so amazing. And across the country a couple of times together. God, okay, wait. So now since this is like turning into like a a master class in relationships, because Matt and I were uh, hitting 10. uh, Yeah, we're like uh, officially in a few weeks hitting 10 years. Um, And we, of course, have had rocky roads as any relationship has. And I want people, I wish people were more open about rocky roads in relationships because i think that it is doing a disservice to people when we think it's like you know the happy ever after is not pos did you and kit ever have a moment where you thought you were going to break up no i've never thought we were going to break up we've certainly had rough patches and more stressful times but i always thought we would still be together at the end of it meant to be as the jews say you were beshert and that is so so lovely um well listen since I've gotten, I've grilled you about so many vulnerable parts of your life, I feel like you have taken everything with such a plum and such beautiful answers. I'm going to ask you the final podcast question, which is, John Hallbach, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Ooh. Okay, so the first thing I thought of that came to my head is Karina Karina. <laughs> <laughs> but... Oh, now I have an oh, it's very hard. I guess I had I guess I guess overall I would just give it to Sister Act, the classic. Thank TikTok. you. TikTok has been slowly showing Sister Act to me in like three minute chunks. And every single time it comes up in my algorithm, I'm like, I yes, I will watch this the three entire three minutes. <laughs> I will watch it. It doesn't matter what the context is. 
if it's sister act one or two i will sit and i will watch it it always wins uh well tiktok well, is doing the lord's work and getting the gen z crowd on the right side of history with hopefully they will actually watch the full version of sister act based on these three minute clips and a very perfect answer and a very perfect guest john can you tell the dolls where can they follow you oh sure you can follow me at at john hallback on instagram and Twitter, I kind of refuse to call it X. I don't really do it anyway. You don't have to follow me there. Just follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm also going to link in the description the uh, links to your stunning home so people can see those pictures. And I am going to manifest for one day us to have a stunning Yucca Valley Joshua Tree moment at one of your homes and beyond. Come on out for a cowboy pool party. Hell fucking yeah. Another episode of That's a Gay Ass Podcast has come and gone, and you have remained. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more of this, go to patreon.com slash gayasspodcast, and soon you will find the full video of That's a Gay Ass Live Show with Bowen Yang, Jessica Voss, Chris Murphy, Stradiolab, Miss Mamshi, and our two hot, hot, hot in-house himbos. I love you so much. I will see you next week, and stay gay ass. Does that make sense? Whatever. Stay gay ass! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.